All right, Psalms chapter number one, Psalms chapter number one, and we will uh, jump into this chapter tonight. Of course, we have been, uh, start beginning of the year, a series favorite Bible chapters, and uh, thus far, uh, we've gotten through Romans chapter number 12, and tonight we will get into Psalms chapter number one. Uh, several of you have sent me a text or stopped me and given me suggestions of different chapters, and I'm okay with that. I like to hear what uh, people's favorite chapters are, and so if you can keep giving me those suggestions, I'll keep picking mine, but uh, you can you can give me, the, give me those suggestions, and uh, uh, we will uh, continue until the Lord puts something else in my heart that we may need to uh, get into on a Wednesday night. We'll just be uh, jumping from chapter to chapter, but Psalms chapter number one, tonight I'll read all six verses. But don't let that fool you. We are not going to get through the entire chapter tonight. And uh, Romans chapter number 12, uh, the way I broke that chapter down, there were uh, several different lessons in the one chapter. And of course, they all tied together. Uh, basically, how I've outlined this chapter, it's much shorter, obviously. Uh, but there'll be uh, one theme, and then each uh, verse uh, will be a different point, if you will, in my outline. Now, I don't, some, some weeks I may get through more than one point. Tonight I'm going to give a brief introduction and get through point number one uh, in the study this evening. Uh, but that's just so you know, that's how I'll outline it. And uh, each, each verse will be a different point, and then we'll just see how fast we get through it. Uh, but tonight I only brought point one with me so that I was good and just taught point one uh, this evening. Psalms 1, let's read the entire chapter. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the congregation, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Uh, verse number one, as I mentioned, is where we'll get started tonight. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Tonight I have entitled uh, this lesson, if you will, that will cover uh, the entire chapter. Of course, it'll take us over several weeks. But the blessed man, the blessed man, Psalms is a wonderful book. It's an outstanding book. Of the, they're all good. Uh, but Psalms is one that you can run to, uh, to lift your spirits. It's a book that you can run to uh, and have a psalmist uh, be able to identify with something that uh, one of the psalmists are going through. It, it's, a, it's a book that just is an encouraging book. Uh, but the entire book starts with the thought of blessed is the man. And then we're told some things that he doesn't do. We're told some things that he does do. And so I want us to start uh, tonight with that, that thought, the blessed man, and then we'll get through uh, the first point tonight. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray uh, that you'll be with our time of study this evening. May the Holy Spirit help us. May be our instructor, our teacher, our God. 
May these truths become uh, foundational, fundamental truths in our lives uh, so that we could truly be blessed. And Father, I pray that you'll bless our time this evening, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We find the blessed man. And first of all, I want us to, by way of introduction, establish and be reminded of what God is talking about uh, when we read here, blessed is the man. Uh, First of all, by way of introduction, let me say that's the goal. Uh, Don't you want to be considered a blessed man or a blessed man, a a blessed person? Uh, That is the goal. That word blessed means happy. Some of you need to make that a little higher on your priority list uh, by the looks of you this evening. But no, to be happy, to be enjoying spiritual happiness in the favor of God. Now, the Bible never says you are blessed if you got a lot of money. Now, I'm for that. Uh, if that. If God blesses you enough, fine. But, but we, put, we can't let the world tell us what it is to be blessed and, and, and ignore what the Bible says. And sometimes Christians get discouraged and disheartened because they, don't, they, don't, they, they let the world identify things and not God. Uh, the psalm begins here with, Blessed is the man, which tells us that should be the goal. Uh, I want to enjoy spiritual happiness, don't you? I want to enjoy the favor of God. If you're living in a time in your spiritual life when you can say, I am living in the favor of God, that brings happiness. That brings joy. You can say, I am truly blessed. I have the favor of God to enjoy spiritual happiness. Now, I could take time tonight. I don't have time, but we could talk about things that get in the way of our spiritual happiness. Now, we need to understand that that is the goal, is to... Now, so the goal, we need to make sure, first of all, Christian, what is your goal as a Christian? Now, the psalmist establishes right away that this ought to be... This is, this is, this is how we get to start tonight. This is the goal, to be blessed, to be happy, to be enjoying spiritual happiness. Everybody with me? That's the goal. Now, let me mention the possibility by way of introduction. Say, uh, well, you know, that's nice, Pastor, but, you know, it's, it, it, you know, to be happy, to be enjoying spiritual happiness in the favor of God, you know, I, I'm glad some people get to enjoy that, but that'll never be me. Well, this, the, the psalm applies here. It's a general application. It's, this psalm is not written just to pastors. It's not written to a certain group of people. It is a general application, blessed is the man which tells you and I of the possibility that anybody can fit into this category. Anybody can be blessed. Anybody can be happy in the favor of the Lord. How many of you are are saved tonight? Then you're a candidate to be happy in the blessings of the Lord. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm secure. I, I, I know my sins have been forgiven. I know Jesus is my personal Savior, and I'm saved. So as a Christian, I just want, if I were saved, and we all raised our hand tonight, right, that we're saved, why don't we just decide to be happy in the Lord and to enjoy the favor of God and to enjoy what it's like to go through? That doesn't mean your life's going to be perfect. Too many Christians are waiting for life to be perfect before they decide to be happy in the Lord. We're going to see in this chapter, there's nothing in there 
about you not having any burdens in order to be happy. There's nothing in there about you not having tribulation in order to you to be, say, I am a blessed man. I have been blessed by the Lord. I am living in the favor of God. So that should be the goal tonight. Everybody with me? That should be the goal. There's the possibility we have to be reminded, no matter who you are tonight, this is a general application. You can be a poor man, but you can be a blessed man. You can be a rich man and still be a blessed man. You can be a sick man and be a blessed man, a healthy man. You get the point. It's a general application. So if you're saved tonight, why don't we determine that we're just going to live our Christian life blessed? Live our Christian life happy, enjoying spiritual happiness. You know, you can be burdened and still enjoy spiritual happiness. You can be facing tribulation, and that tribulation could cause some discomfort, cause some pain, but you can still say, I have lived in the favor of the Lord. Uh, that is what we understand as a blessed man. Now, if I were to have you raise your hand tonight and say, who, who, who wants that? I think if you're awake, and I think if you are paying attention, and I think if you were to use a, a sensible mind tonight as a child of God, you'd say, that's what I want. I want to live in the favor of God. I want to be spiritually happy. You know that if you're in the right, if you're in the right relationship with God, and the Holy Spirit, you could be sitting in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a church service on a Sunday, and the Holy Spirit of God can just begin to work on you and convict you in, in areas that you need to work on. You know, you can be under conviction and still be happy in the Lord because of the way you approach. I want the favor of God. I want God. I want to be spiritually happy. It's when you're fighting God. That's when you can't be spiritually happy. I just want, I want to have the favor of God. Everybody with me tonight? Isn't that what we all want is to say, I am the blessed man. Okay? Now we're going to get to point number one tonight. The Bible mentions blessed is the man. That's the goal. That is what we want. To be a blessed man. To be blessed by God is blessings that can't compare to anything else. So if that is what we want, we must begin to look in the scripture here to find the pattern to how to get that. To find the pattern to how to achieve that. The Bible gives us so many things that we can have in our Christian life. But the Bible also tells us there are certain things we have to do to have it. We're going through some of that on Sunday morning in our Sunday school lessons. We possess the land. A land is promised, but there are certain conditions. There's obedience that has to take place. You can have prayers answered as a Christian. Think about that. But you can't be harboring bitterness and sin in your heart to get prayers answered. We see there, there, there's something we can achieve, and then the Bible will tell us how to achieve it. In this case, blessed is the man. Verse 1 starts out with what we would say, I'm going to give you the point. Number one, the progression that must be avoided. It's interesting to me that as we begin the book of Psalms, the first thing that we see is a blessed man. It's a possibility of having the blessings of God, the favor of God. 
But it's also interesting to me that immediately as the scripture, and you ought to start, many of you have asked, Pastor, how do you, how do you study your Bible? I just, precept upon precept, line upon line, uh, break it down. What is it saying to achieve? Okay, the Bible is going to tell me how to achieve it. Uh, what does it tell me to avoid? Well, the Bible is going to give me some things. And so as we begin to break this passage of Scripture down, there's a possibility of being blessed and being that blessed man. But the Bible doesn't start right away and say, this is what you do to be this blessed man. This verse of Scripture in the first chapter of the book of Psalms begins with what not to do to be the blessed man. Now, the, ver- the, the chapter is going to give us some instruction of some things to do, but immediately starts out with don't do certain things. And we're going to go through that progression tonight. Uh, there's, a, there's a way of illustration. Uh, back before there was MapQuest and uh, GPS and all of these things, when you had uh, a a tribe or somebody moving in these deep, deep jungles on different continents and uh, they would take a, a, a journey down a path and it would become a dead end. They would backtrack and either cut down a tree and lay it across the path or they'd find a fallen tree and drag it across the path so that nobody else would go down that dead end. Uh, So this is really what Scripture is doing. Before you can go the right way, you have to not go the wrong way. And so this is what Scripture is doing. What what we're fixing to look at in verse number 1 is so important in the mind of God before He gives us some instruction on what I will refer to as the positive, things that you need to do. He says right out of the gate, I need to give you some things that in a negative context, not to do. So many Christians never get an opportunity to go down the right path because they go down the wrong path first. They never have the opportunity to backtrack, then go the right way. So we find, first of all, the progression that must be avoided. I've got to to hasten. Notice, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Notice, first of all, as we talk about this progression that must be avoided... Walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. The ungodly here. That's the wicked. Those that violating God's command. Simply put, it's the opposite of godly. What is godly? Well, what is the attribute of God? Uh, those that would be uh, violating the commands of God. Much of the, anything that has to do with this world is ungodly. Sometimes we look at the worst of things that are not of God... And we label that correctly as ungodly. But anything separate of God is ungodly. If it's not of Him, it cannot be called godly. Therefore, it is ungodly. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll use something that I I use as as an illustration of evil and ungodliness all the time. Uh, Abortion, the murder of innocent children. That's ungodly. But you can back it up. To anything, a relationship outside of marriage, what is that? That's ungodly too. Because it is not of God. Uh, anything that's not of God, separate of God. Um, much of this world says we just want to live separate of God. That's an ungodly way of thinking. Everybody with me? 
ungodly is that which is wicked or violating God's commands. A lot of times we as Christians, we get in trouble because we don't realize or we don't call ungodly what God calls ungodly. We don't call, we, we call somebody else's sin sin, but we don't call our sin sin. Uh, the ungodly is the wicked, those that violate God's command, all right? Walking not in the counsel of the ungodly. The word counsel. See that word? We know what that is, but there's an important part of that definition that we always leave off. Counsel is advice, opinion, or instruction. Some of you say, I counsel people all the time. Well, here's part of the definition. Given upon the request or otherwise for directing the judgment or conduct of another. See, part of the reason why, 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 you know, if you come to the pastor for counsel, come prepared to do what the pastor says, because if you're coming to him, you're coming for him to give his opinion or judgment to direct your actions. But let me read that uh, uh, definition again. It's advice, opinion, or instruction given upon the request or otherwise for directing the judgment or conduct of another. Counsel is intended to direct the conduct of somebody. I mentioned earlier to pray for, pray for our attorney who just lost his wife. When I, whenever I go to him for legal counsel, I, 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 am, I am letting him counsel me. What, what are we doing? Talking about, you know, counsel for... No, no, he, he has given me his opinion in order to direct my actions in this area. Uh, so, let's put this in context. Um, an example of the counsel of the un ungodly is going to push us in an unscriptural direction or decision. Uh, counsel of the ungodly would be justification for ungodliness. Excuse for ungodliness. It says, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. It's walking, it's letting, uh, the counsel is intended to, and say, Pastor, why are you even bring, why are you spending so much time on that? Counsel, we have to understand, oh, they're not trying to affect me. The very nature of counsel is to affect you. Well, let me just, let me just, you do, let me tell you what I would do. Well, if it's coming from an ungodly source, why do you even care? If it's not intended to influence your direction. Influence your action. To walk, listen very carefully to this statement. To, so the Bible says, if you're going to be a blessed man, walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. We've defined ungodly, we've defined counsel. Everybody, everybody with me tonight? To walk not in the counsel of the ungodly is to refuse to allow the ungodly to frame or guide your life according to their view. To walk not in the counsel of the ungodly is to refuse to allow the ungodly to frame or guide your life according to their view. Okay? Uh, a public education system should not frame your reference of living. A civil government should not frame your reference of living. What do I mean by that? What they call good and evil really has no bearing. Because, um, say, when you call in government wicked, the, oh, well, uh, we, could, we could talk about that. If it's separate of God, it's ungodly. So what am I to let frame my thinking? 
Name a source, the only source that you can say without hesitation and without error, it is a godly source. It's the Bible. It's the mind of God. It's the attributes of God. So anything outside of that, I can't allow to frame my point of reference. It, are you following me? Making sense? So don't, if you want to be blessed, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. If it's separate from God, it was a different opinion of God, it cannot frame our thought. Parents, you cannot let uh, Hollywood, Disney, whoever tell you how, how to conduct your home, tell you how to rear your children. And this is a side note, you got to be very, very careful of parking your kids in front of a television and letting that television babysit them. Why? Because it's going to give them a reference of thinking and thought. I'm not saying do or you've got to, but you've got to balance things with what does the Bible say. Okay? That's not the walk in the counsel of the ungodly. It's to refuse to allow the ungodly to frame. Was it really that big a deal? Sometimes you have to push back just so, so for, your own sake, for your own sake of mind. I find myself doing this. You may have to do this. Just to remind myself that they, the world out there doesn't control how I think. I'm not going to, well, this is the way, it, that's fine, that's the way that they do it, but how does, how does the Bible say it should be done? Okay? I'm getting the sense that I'm confusing some of you. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Okay? How many want to be blessed? Okay, we want to be blessed, so we know we shouldn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Notice what verse 1 says, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Find the word sinners. Uh, say, Pastor, that's all of us. Okay? That's true. But there's more to it as it's used here. We're sinners in the sense that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The word here is being used as those who live and embrace a lifestyle of sin. So we say, oh, they're just a bunch of sinners. Well, we are, yes, I am a forgiven sinner. I am a saved sinner. I had to, I had to uh, turn to Christ to depend on Him for salvation. Uh, I, I, I want to be, I, I'm trying to be free. I'm never I'm not going to be sinless, but I, I don't want to live that life. I want to live a life that's pleasing to God. Are, are you following me? So in the context of for all have sinned, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. That's just the reality of it. And we continue to have a sin nature. But here in the context of the scripture, it says, nor standeth in the way of sinners. These are those who live a sinful life and they embrace it. They have no interest of quitting Things they know are sin. They have no interest in stopping, in obeying the word of God. I hope tonight, Christian, that when we do sin, I hope you're convicted about it. I hope you confess it. I hope you keep your relationship warm with your God. And don't just give in to a besetting sin and give in to, well, this is okay. No, we ought to be under the conviction, the leading of the Holy Spirit so we become more like Christ, and when we fail, uh, we got to get those things right. But they're talking about somebody who embraces. Uh, they can be lost and embrace sin, a lifestyle of sin. I would submit to you tonight, they can be saved and submit a lifestyle of sin. 
they're embracing the lifestyle and they don't want to give it up. So that's who Scripture is saying, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Those living the lifestyle, standing and embracing it. So standing in the way. What is way? It's the manner of life. Their way, their manner of life. So, well, I just feel like I don't fit in. The way of life of a sinner and you don't fit in and you're, you're complaining about that? It's their manner of life. You know, a lost person is going to live like a lost person. That's why I say, people, we shouldn't be living like a lost person. But the Bible is telling us, if you want, blessed is the man, you can be happy in the favor of the Lord. Spiritually, you can be happy. But you, you, nor standeth in the way of sinners their manner of life. That standeth. Notice that. It's, it's, it's talking about abiding. Lordering. Or I'll put it in vernacular, some of you understand, hanging out. Or the younger generation, chilling. Standeth, nor standeth in the way of sinners. So, to not stand, listen carefully, to not stand in the way of sinners is to avoid the places that those who embrace a sinful lifestyle dwell and or spend time. So, we're having a progression here. The Bible says you can be a happy man, you can live in the favor of God, but you're going to have to walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners. To not stand in the way of sinners is to avoid the places that those who embrace a sinful lifestyle dwell in or spend time. There are some places that Christians should not go. Well, it doesn't say in the Bible. It does say in the Bible. It says in verse number 1, if you want to be a blessed man, a happy man in favor of the Lord, don't hang out where those who have embraced a sinful lifestyle Spend their time. Everybody get the picture? Okay. The quicker you get it, the quicker I go. Number three. Am I okay, Bill? Okay, all right. Number three. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. All right. Blessed is the man. You can be blessed. You can be happy. I'm saying that over and over because I hope that's what we want. That's the goal. That's the possibility. Everybody can have that. But we've already seen two things, the progression we have to stay away from. God goes right into, uh, before I talk about the right path, I need to warn you about the wrong path. Now we come to the one that always gets our attention, and we ever use the word scorn, scornful, and scorner. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So if I'm going to be blessed, i got to stay away from this. I can't sit in the seat of the scornful. The word scornful, that's the contemptuous disdainful, mocking God and or godliness. There's a difference in not understanding and disdaining. There's a difference in even falling away and backsliding and disdaining. They mock God and or godliness. I, 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 don't, I don't take issue with some that I, I'm privileged I grew up in a, in, a, in a Christian home. I grew up in a pastor's home, saved a few months shy of my fifth birthday. God called me to preach when I was six years of age, growing up in a Christian home. I, I, I have, I've, I've sat at the feet of some of the greatest preachers of, of the last generation. 
I'm privileged. I realize there are things the Lord has allowed me to see and learn and know after decades of time in the Bible that others just, they haven't grown to that point yet. I don't have, I'm, I, can, I can live with that. It's the ones who want to mock the godliness. You, do, I, you don't have to agree with, I get along fine. Oh, I, this isn't even in here, but I think it's good. There are some that I have a good, friendly relationship. They would call me a friend. I would call them a friend. And they have nowhere near the same standards I have. But there are some who have the same standards, similar, closer standards that I have that I won't have any relationship with them. Hey, Pastor, how can you say that? Because they're def- they would be defined as a scorner. They make fun of godliness. That's what scornful is. It says, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Does that mean when brother or sister so-and-so gets up, we don't go sit in their seat? Well, it could apply to that, but... (laughs) The word seat is signifying a platform or habitat. This is where they do their business. We know, well, let me just go ahead and make this statement. To not sit in the seat of the scornful is to not have fellowship, direct associations with, or participate in the activities of a scorner. Well, well we, I've known them for, we can say all of the things like that. Well, they're, according to Scripture, do we believe the Bible tonight? I see because Scripture starts out in Psalm 1, blesses the man. Oh, that will have our attention. Don't you want to be blessed? Don't you want to be favored by the God of all creation? The Almighty? To be in His favor? Okay, how am I going to do that? How am I going to get that? I can't, I can't be born into it. I can't inherit it. Blessed is the man that walketh not, stand, nor standeth, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Okay? I've gone through these definitions fairly quickly, but I think you look like a very smart class tonight, and I think, I think you've got it. Everybody got it? We've identified. There's a progression. If we're going to be blessed, we have to stay away from the progression. To be a blessed or happy man, to enjoy the favor of God, we must not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. This is how so many Christians look at this. I'm not a scorner. I don't mock righteous things. I'm okay. And, and, and the Bible, being a scorner is a scary, scary place for an individual to be. Because I cannot find in my Bible mercy. When God speaks about a scorner, smite the scorner, cast out the scorner. It's a scary place. Now, I'm not saying anybody gets too far. I mean, God can deal with hearts that I don't understand how he deals with them. I'm just saying, as we deal in relationships, as the book of Proverbs speaks, there's never a time that I have found in Scripture that I'm supposed to engage a scorner in conversation. I can't find it. 
That's something God's going to have to deal with them. This is where a lot of us, we miss the blessings. We miss the favor of God because we look at that and say, if I, say I, could, I could never find myself sitting in that seat. I could never imagine myself mocking holiness, mocking the church that I got saved in, mocking the things of God, mocking the Word of God. I could never see myself there. Matter of fact, Pastor, I will never be there. But what we miss is there's a progression that we have to avoid. Notice in your Bible, and if you mark in your Bible, I would encourage you to, there's certain words that I have circled. I have the word walketh circled, the word standeth circled, and the word sitteth circled. See, we must avoid this progression. We must first avoid, number one, the walking in the counsel of the ungodly. This is how it begins in the life of a Christian. We want the blessings of God. We want the happiness of God. There, there are, and I'm just going to say, you're here tonight on a Wednesday night coming straight from work, making the effort to be here because you want to learn. You want to be in the favor of God. You want to have a good relationship with God. None of us in here tonight would say that we are perfect, but we're here because we want the blessings of God. Can we? I'm just going to generally say, and if that's not you tonight, then just here's your chance to just pretend you're, you're, you're on the right page, okay? That, that, that's all of us here. Everybody with me? All in favor? Okay, that motion is carried, all right? I just, I just voted you right with God. Okay. That's not how it works, by the way. <laughs> but for the sake of the illustration tonight, I want to have the favor of God. This is how you, this is how you, you, don't, you miss the favor of God. This is, why, this, is why so many, this is why Christians can be miserable. How can you be saved on your way to heaven, forgiven, and be miserable? I didn't say unburdened. I didn't say without a heartache. But you can still be happy in the Lord. First, we allow ungodly, worldly philosophies to influence the way we live. We let society tell us the priorities in our marriage instead of the Word of God. We let music... Carnal television tell us as single ladies and single men what we should be looking for in a spouse as opposed to Scripture. That is walking in the counsel of the ungodly. We read books that we should not read. We allow philosophy of Hollywood to influence in ways we should not be uh, influence. We uh, allow an education system to influence us of thinking differently than God thinks. And today in our society, somewhere down the line, I plan on teaching the conference this fall, but somewhere down the line, I'm going to start teaching on a Wednesday night how culture has influenced the church and culture at war with the church and political correctness has gotten to the place in our church. Well, I can't believe that the pastor would preach on that because we as Christians have been influenced by the counsel of the ungodly. And I'll just slide this in right here. There is a concentrated movement by society to take away the independence of the church. And it's coming from other Christians. It's coming from other Baptists as well. 
and they are being used as a tag to take away the, the independence, the autonomy, and the authority of the pastor. And we are making decisions as Christians as churches based on the counsel of those that don't even know God. That's where it starts. We rear our children according to how Oprah and Dr. Phil say rear our children. Are they still a thing? I don't know. Then, notice, we start with, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Then we begin to entertain the ideas in the council. And then we begin embracing the sinful lifestyle. It very rarely goes from just, hey, I'm happy in the Lord, or hey, I, I'm trying to find to do the best I can as a Christian, to break it, to, to automatically embracing a sinful lifestyle. Now, let me remind you the difference. I'm not saying just a sinner. We're, we all have a sin nature. We all sin. But as the context of the scripture here, it's those that embrace a sinful lifestyle. Sadly, I've had conversations with Christians. I've had conversations that I knew very well. And no, I, I, I like my, they, they, they didn't grow up with it in their home, but now they like their alcohol. They, they, I like living this way. What, what happened? First of all, they begin to get counsel and philosophy from the ungodly. And it broke down scripture in their mind. And society is saying something contrary to what scripture says. Well, it's, it can't be as bad as they say it is. But there's some things God just says avoid. There's some places that God says stay away. Uh, you think of the, 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 the definitions I gave for staying in the way of sinners, loitering where you know sinners are going to be. Loitering where you know that those that have embraced a sinful lifestyle spend their time. And we are to avoid that. Okay, everybody with me so far? And then we go to having friendships and relationships with those that mock spiritual things. Sally, faces pop in my mind as I think of this. We did right, live right, but all of a sudden begin to question. And that's why, especially when it comes to young people, single adults, and even as you get older, I guess it applies to everybody, but it, it really applies to them. Whenever you see that question, that look on their face, it's like, I just don't know if I believe that. Ah, that well, that just seems harsh. The, the first thing that pops in my mind is who's talking to you? Who are you listening to? There's somebody in your ear giving you counsel. No, I'm just there. No, 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 no. You can't, you can't approach them with, with the, with the, and assume they have the same motives that you have. And Christian, uh, Christians, when we, we are right with our hearts are tender, our hearts are not suspicious, charity envieth not, charity, uh, char charity doesn't assume things, and so we approach, we approach everybody 
with the same, thinking they're going to look at us with the same innocence as we're looking at them. Pastor, how can somebody act that way? It's because we're looking with a different heart than they are. That's why you got to live according to the Bible. We can't discern the motives of somebody else. That's why we got to stay in the boundaries of Scripture. Does that make sense? And then we begin to listen. Oh, in this world we listen to, we, we, we live in, that's where you got to start with, well, I'm not a scorner. I'm not going to make fun of. There are some who get on social media. There are some that run around their little crowd and they mock the things of God. They mock it. Why is it? Is it because they started out that way? Nope. It's a progression. I, I, I would never call their name because I, I pray that they would find their way back to God one day. But there are some who grew up in this church, graduated from our schools, who they're not just out of church and out of the will of God. They are active activists for abortion. They are activists for all of the things that you could list. Then you say, how in the world did lost people even? What? Because they are, they are running around as a scorner now. So how did that happen? Brother French, come help me. We start, well, don't you want, I want to be blessed. I, 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 I want the blessings of God. So God says, blessed is the man. He says, immediately, I'm going to tell you, he's got, you've got to stay away from some, some things. Walketh not. So I assume you want to be blessed, right? Okay. So don't walk in the, in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't listen, don't listen to them. Don't allow it to influence you. Okay, I'm going to have you come up here with me, Brother Ryan, so everybody can see you. You're kind of short. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Okay? Uh, this is why you better, you better guard what you watch on TV. The, the, the laughing and the mocking of marriage, morality. Strong man in the home. What is it? That's a philosophy. Why? But there's a motive behind it. It's counsel. You, you allow certain things, you allow certain influences, and then before long you, you, you've, you've left walking in the counsel of the ungodly, and now you're loitering. You're standing in the way of sinners, those that embrace the sinful lifestyle. Is making sense? Then there's a progression. Now you've embraced their lifestyle. And when you have, don't, don't miss this, Christians, when you have the Spirit of God that lives inside of you, and you begin to move away from God, now you're in this progression. You've allowed the philosophies to counsel you. Now you've embraced that sin. The Holy Spirit of God is going to put a conviction on you. The Holy Spirit of God is going to convict you of your wrongdoing, the lifestyle you have embraced, and you have a decision to make. Do I get right with God? Get back to where I'm supposed to be. But here's the danger. 
You're in the way. You're loitering. You're hanging out where they're hanging out. You have become closer with them than you are your own church family now. Your relationship is tighter with them. You have more in common with them. So nine times out of ten, you you take that next step, which is now you sit in the seat of the scornful. The only option you have is to now make fun and mock the way you, you, you were brought up, the way you used to live, the way the Bible says you ought to do it, that is the only way to appease yourself and, and to fit in is to make fun of the very way that you used to live. And this is why I say, well, there's independent Baptists. They're so hard line on this and this and this and this. Because once you get here embracing the sinful lifestyle, it's an easier slide to mocking the things of God than it is to go back and get those philosophies out of your mind. Hollywood shouldn't tell you how to rear your children. Disney shouldn't tell you how to rear your children. Uh, Whatever else shouldn't tell you how how to rear your children, the Bible should tell you how to rear your children. Well, the world today, just no, 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 no. What does the Bible say? Because when you get that progression, you get all the way down here, I've already said what I find in the book of Proverbs. Only dealing with God is going to get that person back. Thank you. You can have a seat. First, we allow the influence. Don't miss this progression. I'm done. First, we allow the influence. Secondly, we casually interact. And third, we're in the fellowship with those that mock God. That's the progression every time. Every time. If I were to ask you tonight... Who wanted to be in that crowd that mocked the things of God? Nobody would raise their hand. Then I would say to you, don't hang out where they hang out. That's physical places. That's the internet too. Don't hang out where they hang out. And and by the way, you got to guard yourself on the internet. I know we live in a social media day, but if you're on social media day, here's a button you ought to get used to. It's called the block button. And if you wouldn't sit down and have a cup of coffee with them, don't interact with them on the internet. Everybody okay? Guard your children. Why? It's hanging out where they hang out. And then we're shocked that we pick up something. You've been hanging out where they hang out. If you, don't, if you don't want to be there, you don't want to be embracing the sinful lifestyle, then you've got to guard the council. This is where you've got to draw the perimeter. This is where you've got to pull in principles. I talked for over a year on principles of certain daily principles for every, about principles of daily living of certain things, of, of, of friendships, of associations, of separation. It's not because I, I'm, I'm so old-fashioned and hard-line. I, I am old-fashioned, but I, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. You say, how do preachers get? I look, I look at, if we just look through the lens of Scripture, how do people who, they go to the same Bible college I went to, and now they make fun of where we stand. How that happened? They started getting counsel from the wrong places. 
That's why there's, there's certain books you shouldn't read. There's certain things you shouldn't watch on TV, certain things you shouldn't listen to, certain blogs you shouldn't read. Why? Because I don't want to start hanging out with those who embrace a sinful lifestyle. Because I don't ever want to be in a place where I'm making fun of where I used to stand. Parents, that's why you have to guard who influences your family, even if they have the same last name. And I know we always bristle at that. But I, I don't want them to get counsel. Well, it's, re- it's really harmless. Well, come back to me in five years when they're now embraced the, sim- the same simple lifestyle that aunt so-and-so has and, and, uncle's, and uncle so-and-so has. When they've embraced that, or, or cousin whoever, when they've embraced that same sinful lifestyle, tell me how much it didn't influence them. And then when they're over here mocking things, it all starts down there. Don't we want to be, I'm out of time. Don't we want to be blessed? Aren't you glad I didn't bring point two with me? <laughs> but just like in Romans chapter 12, those first couple of verses are so important. They're foundational to the whole chapter. We have to avoid a progression. Listen to me. Nobody is the exception. Your pastor included. That's why I have to protect myself. That's why I have to keep myself safe. Well, you can't handle it. I, I don't want to find out. Maybe I can, maybe I can't, but I've only got to miss it one time. That, that's what we all have to. I don't want to slide in that progression. I hope this, this makes, make, makes sense tonight. But if I want to be blessed, I want to be a happy man. I want to, to enjoy the favor of God. Then God says... Avoid a progression. Let's get in the habit. I, I, I try and, and teach this and instruct other preachers that, that the Lord allows me to interact with. Many of our church members, our young people, another generation, don't think, you've heard me say it, don't think 30 days, 30 years. Don't think the next 30 minutes, think the next 30 years. Where, what is this going to send me to? What progression is this going to begin? What appetite is this going to create? We have to think of those things. So there's a progression to avoid. Now, next week, we get to talk about the positive in verse number 2. So avoid the progression. Father, help us stay away from things and philosophy.